In today's world, listeners are complex and multidimensional, and it's a little cumbersome to toggle back and forth from channel to channel trying to get your fix. We feel your podcast should be just as diverse as you. Welcome to Fred Talks, where the topics are as layered and multifaceted as you are, with a dash of inspiration and a little bit of an edge. Hey, welcome to another episode of Fred Talks, a catalyst for crucial conversations for the culture. I'm your host, Fred B. And today we continue the conversation with Mr. Eli Marcus, and he's going to give us the game about the tenets of the Alpha Tribe. But first, I got to hit you with the ground rules. This probably doesn't need to be said, but of course, we're going to say it anyway. The views and opinions expressed on Fred Talks podcast are not to be misconstrued as professional advice, counsel, gospel, a personal attack, law, guarantees, a substitution for hardware, a one-size-fits-all formula for every scenario, or any type of promise. It's a podcast, y'all. Come on. You know you need to consult a credentialed professional before making a hasty or significant change with your life. Don't you? Don't you? Of course you do. Now, be encouraged by the show. Be entertained by the show. Be challenged to cross-examine some of your long-held beliefs. Note, the host and his guests have strong views held loosely. Being committed to lifelong learning means that their perspectives may change in light of information. That's not contradiction. That's evolution. So please, don't come for us unless we send for you. Now that we have an understanding, let's get back to today's episode of Fred Talks. So let me ask you this, man. Um, I, I mentioned earlier that you seem to be purposeful in how you use your platform. Um, it's not just arbitrary postings. So what, what is the method behind the madness with the way you leverage your platform? What, what's the end game? You know, um, are you, did it, was it because you were frustrated with the noise and the status quo and, and we just find you externally processing or are you signaling to others that, Hey, you're not crazy. That narrative is crazy. And I just want to be a voice to, uh, to let you know, to affirm that you're thinking right. There's somebody else out here thinking like that. Is it either or both and something else? Uh, you know, what was the catalyst to get you on this path, like to, to share your heart for this? And then what's the end game? Um, I think it's a little bit of all of what you mentioned, but it, mm-hmm. it's something that I honestly feel on a very deep mental, emotional, and spiritual level. I feel it. Mm-hmm. And the moment I feel it, I write it. I'm yeah. posting it right then and there. Uh, yeah. But I, I'm, I'm feeling what I'm writing. I'm not trying to get likes. I'm not right. trying to get um, uh, recognition, really. Yeah. Um, I've been talking like this for years, honestly. If you go back on my little timeline, years Yeah, I've gone back. I've gone back. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Look, I, I've been talking like this, and I was getting like two likes, three yeah. likes, you know what I'm saying? But it, it was uh, something I felt on a deep level. So um, yeah. I, I just kept, I, I don't know why I decided to use social media as an outlet to do that, but I, you know. It's yeah. uh, something to put it out there. The end game is something that I'm seeing as everyone else sees it. So this alpha tribalism, I think, is an extremely important ministry um, in the day and time. And I think a lot of people are like, yo, this is what we need. This is what we want. Mm-hmm. Because it's the lesson. It's like, yo, uh, pursuing power, getting yeah. resources, um, building and nurturing your tribe to excellence, forming yeah. alliances. You, for example, I know you got your thing going on with the trading. You're doing well with that. I yeah. got my thing going on with the tech. We can form an alliance and we can Absolutely. exchange ideas and share knowledge. So that's what yep. it's about. It makes sense. Yep. 
It makes sense. So I, it makes sense. I, I know at some point I want it to be something more official. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and I want to, I really want to get the constitution down pat. Um, mm-hmm. and I just want like-minded people, like-minded tribes to come together. Mm-hmm. And I just want there to be a very real intent. I don't want this to be like, uh, you know, we just yeah. come together and we're just talking mess, but there's right. no power being had. I really want a powerhouse. I want a yeah. powerhouse. So is this something, you know, sometimes, um, I mean, I don't know if you can attest to this, but for me, there are certain visions that I've had in my heart. Uh, some, some I'm living out, some, uh, I, I see them, I see the light. I see that they're, they're not too far out of my grasp. And is this something that as a child, maybe you didn't have the vocabulary for it. It didn't have all the form, but, but is this something that, that, that you've always had kind of incubating in your heart or is it, as it, has it been more recent years where, uh, it's been kind of bubbling up more to the forefront. I, 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 when I say that, yeah. not the, not just the writing, not just the doctrine, if you will, but you said you like you know you see it, you envision it being something more official. So um, having other members and having something official has that been something that you've been kind of carrying in your heart for years, or is it kind of unfolding as you go? I think on some level it has, but maybe not necessarily uh, understanding the purpose behind it when I was mm-hmm. when I was younger. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, organizing um, people has always been like something that a trait that I that I've had. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's becoming clear, especially um, as I develop as a man, as I develop in business, yeah. um, and the way that I see the world. I think as men, it, it's our role to see the world how we see it and to try to spread our ideas yeah. um, and take more progressive ideas as we travel along the way. Because sure. at the end of the day, that's what helps protect our tribe. That's what helps protect our interests. Um, yeah. So it's something that's just becoming clearer and clearer as I, as I develop in every area of life. So let me just throw this out there, man, because um, it's kind of nagging me. And if it's too intrusive, we'll just scratch it from the recording. We won't even include it. But um, all this, the whole Alpha Tribe focus doctrine, this this whole plain thought, it just to me it just seems like that's what fatherhood is, though. I, I mean, do you see the two synonymous and 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 are you a father right now? If, if you care to answer again, if it's too intrusive, we'll no, no, it's it. fine, it's fine. No, I'm not a father. I don't have any children at the moment. I have a dog. Oh. That's about it. Okay. Um, but yeah, I guess you can see it that way. The alpha tribalism as, as uh, you know what? More than fatherhood, it's a masculine principle being reintroduced to a people who have probably not seen a lot of the masculine principle in action, especially a, a person of color. Yeah, I would say they don't see it much, uh, healthy versions of it. You know, right. like. It's, it's, uh, I think that, I think unfortunately they've been, they've seen the abuse or they've been a recipient of the abuse of it, you know. And that's probably why you have gotten so much, uh, resistance when you get resistance is, um, they're not fighting you. It's, it's, it's triggering a memory or, uh, or an experience, you know, of where, yeah, you resemble the abusive version of, 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 of what I know to be manhood when really, you're modeling a healthier version of it, you know, but they, they, they're not healed enough or they're, they don't have, what am I trying to say? They don't have the awareness to, 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 um, separate the two. If that makes sense. Yeah, actually, I think that's fair. And I think that's 
probably uh, completely true. You know, we can talk about that. Um, and I, like I tell people, you're responsible for your healing. And if you don't get healed in time, you know my quote, uh, or the quote, the week gets eaten. We <laughs> the, week gets, the week gets eaten. So yeah. you got to get healed. You have to, yeah. you know, manage your emotions. But at the end of the day, so much of the culture is focused on a healing ministry or trauma ministry. And not enough people are focused on power, territory, resources. Because to me, if you establish territory, it's going to prevent so many of the issues yeah. that people have when they were conquered and they didn't have any territory. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, one, something that comes to mind, you uh, made a post about your dog. Uh, and you said, well, I got to establish territory for the dog now to, to prevent infections and violations. Mm-hmm. Distraction now. You don't even have that anymore. Or at least um, it, it creates a barrier for it to be less likely to happen. Right, right. It's all about decreasing the probability of danger occurring. Generally, how are you received? Um, you know, at first, when someone first encounters me or my work, mm-hmm. they tend to repeat a lot of outdated, you know, the, 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 the mainstream response. But the more they stick around, it starts to challenge a lot of that mainstream stuff yeah. in a way that that's undeniable. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I encounter uh, you know some damaged people, unhealed people, and they're triggered by something mm-hmm. um, all the time. But if they stick around, it is steeped in their spirit in a way where it's undeniable, and that there's yeah. truth in this, and there's health in this, and this is good for them. Um, yeah. So the general response, I, I think, I, I don't think this doctrine is mainstream at all. It's uh, it's for a particular type of, of person who's on a who's at a specific level, yeah. and they're ready to to be leveled up. Uh, so yeah. it's not mainstream. So a lot of people don't accept it, or it's strange to them, and it's weird to them. But if you stick around long enough, it makes sense, and it's like, oh, this is this this is work right here. This is good stuff. Yeah, yeah, and it's almost like. Um it would be remiss of you then to know that there's healing in it, that, that, that you're posting, that the doctrine is medicinal. And for you to shrink back then to spare someone's feeling that, that wouldn't do them any favors. You know, they kind of just need to, they need to just deal with it, you know? Um, and, 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 and um, I think it's okay for you to do that, especially because you're acknowledging where they're at. It, I hear a measure of a, uh, like I said, it's sober. It's um, it's not like alpha is synonymous with asshole. It's like, nah, I, I got to give it to you so that you can be the best version that you can be. And if you choose not to, that's okay. But you won't be able to say nobody told you. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's beautiful. That's beautiful, and I think that's very true. Um, but it's also acknowledging that people have a right to have their own space. Mm-hmm. And and govern that space how they want to, pick their team members how they want to. So I always acknowledge that. So I'm not yeah. here to control anyone's life or anyone's destiny. Yeah. But what I am saying is, is at the end of the day, if if you have no harvest, if you have if you're in a drought, if all the people in your life are unhealthy and unproductive and not contributing, who can you blame? So speaking of that, there's one more vocabulary, uh, one more term. I, I wouldn't say you made this term up, but I see it the most. Uh, when I'm on your page, uh, trauma bonding. Can you talk a little bit about trauma bonds 
uh, how detrimental they can be, uh, how they can ensnare people, how they're formed and why people need to get out of them. Right, absolutely. Trauma bonding, of course, is uh, when two people or more, they may share the same trauma or similar trauma and they bond over it. They, uh, they constantly talk about their experiences. They're constantly trashing uh, perhaps a specific demographic of people, whether it's men, women, um, black men or whatever. Yeah. Um, and they link it with their trauma yeah. and they go over it over and over and over again. So what yeah. they're doing is they're reliving the trauma as if it, it's happening again. Yeah. So if they're a victim of violence, of assault, of rape or whatever, they're reliving it as a trauma bond. And that's not healing. That yeah. just actually destroys them. Not only does it destroy them, it distorts their reality. Mm. You know, what looks like they start hallucinating in a way, uh, mm. metaphorically speaking, mm. because they could see a healthy person, but they're so intoxicated off their trauma that they see a monster, even though it's a regular person. Yeah. It's a, you know, even though that person could probably help them get the loan that they need, or yeah. link them with the person to start that business. So even healthy people who who can be a source to a pathway mm-hmm. of advancing their life, they're so intoxicated off their traumas that all they see is a boogeyman and yeah. monsters, um, and they're triggered by everything. I, I want to reference a post you made. I, I saw some heat on this one, uh, and I just want to bring it back up. Mm-hmm. You said something to the effect, I'm paraphrasing, but I know it's a jogging memory, uh, something to the effect that men mostly work it out while women mostly talk it out. And you went on to talk about, you know, how some, you did not say all, you said some counselors are actually what you call toxic healers. And by that, just by the context clues, it's like they create these codependent relationships and they kind of just exploiting uh, unhealed persons just trying to, trying to cash out. They're just trying to get the money. Like they're not even trying to facilitate your healing. They're just trying to get your money. Can you talk about what you meant or what you mean by, um, or what your observation and experience is about men working it out and women mostly talking it out. Right. And the reason I said that was I think mainstream culture is trying to deal with men the way that they deal with women. And I think there's a difference between how you deal with masculine energy and feminine energy. Mm -hmm. Uh, There may be special cases, uh, special types of women, special types of women who who it doesn't apply to. But generally speaking, you can't deal with masculine energy the way you deal with feminine energy. The way a feminine source heals or advances is not the way a masculine source heals in it. You have to even educate men different from women. Mm. Um, and that's not occurring. So mm. you end up damaging uh, a person's natural state or what's, what's best for them when you try to deal with them in a way that's not... Here's, here's an analogy that I use. We are living in a culture of people who want to cut the grass with a vacuum cleaner <laughs> and vacuum clean their floor, their carpet, and their homes with a lawnmower. <laughs> what ends up happening? It the vacuum work. cleaner gets destroyed. Yeah. The vacuum cleaner gets destroyed. You end up breaking the vacuum cleaner and you end up damaging your property and your home with the lawnmower. So yeah. there's a difference. We have to use something, a person or a place or a thing, the way the design of that function has to be used in its proper environment in the proper way to get the best result. When you try to switch that around, it don't work. And I did yeah. address the toxic healers 
because not only are they trying to cash out, they also enjoy just the ego boost of being in someone's head and the power that comes with that. They enjoy how that makes them feel. Mm-hmm. I don't think um, I don't think that applies just to counselors, though. And I, I don't know if that was if that was who you were targeting. Um, w- would you say it, it could happen to anybody who is given a pedestal? Or okay, go ahead. What I never use the word counselor, so I always use the word toxic killers. Okay, um, and it can apply to anyone who who uh, doesn't really care about the health of the person. A yeah. toxic killer doesn't want their subject to graduate to health. Mm, they right. they want a congregation. They want an right. audience. And they don't want you to grow to a point where you no longer need them. So it is a codependent sort of uh, relationship. They want you to stay broken to a certain extent. And if they see you getting too healed, they will actually compromise your health just so you can stay quick. We interrupt this episode to express our gratitude for your listenership. Whether this is your first time listening or you're a regular listener, we want to deepen our connection. There are a few ways to do that. First, make sure you subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And of course, chances are that if you like the show, your friends will too. So be sure to post, share, and repost on all of your social media outlets. Also, don't be shy. Connect with Fred B on Twitter using the handle at Fred Talks, spelled Fred T-A-L-X. After you've completed those two steps, visit the Patreon page at patreon.com slash fredtalks. Remember, talks is spelled T-A-L-X. And check out the multitude of ways for you to support. Lastly, if you enjoy the podcast version of Fred Talks, imagine how electric a live Fred Talks session would be. Sure, recordings are great, but... When it comes to value, there are some intangibles that require you to be in a live setting to get full impact. The goal is to begin online via the podcast and ultimately take the sessions offline to do the real work of providing solution-oriented, motivational sessions to impact current and emerging leaders of all ages. To get more information about hosting a live Fred Talk session for your staff, students, members, send an inquiry to fredtalks.com to get the conversation started. That's all for now. Let's get you back to the show. Uh, that, uh, I see that play out in so many different contexts. Mm-hmm. Man, I mean, that can even down to just a regular friendship. You know, we started out the same. I, I, I may have been big bro, and uh, it, I, I took it upon me to bring you up to this level, but then you started doing better than me, and now, you know, I feel threatened. You know, right. and uh, I got to sabotage your success just so I can continue to shop. You know, right. um, I've seen this, like I said, I haven't been a pastor. You know, I, I've seen this play out in ministry, you know, especially if my paycheck is tied to your perception of you needing me. Like if, if you need me to be the mediator, if you need me to pronounce a blessing, if you need me to do X, if you need my validation <laughs> and I need your check to continue to enlarge my vision. I got to figure this out. <laughs> you know, if I'm right. not a person of integrity, man, um, man, you compiled a list of, uh, I don't know if you would call it the tenets or uh, I think you called it the principles of alpha tribalism. Men need money, many opportunities, 
Men need to be value focused. Men need healthy masculine counsel or brother and or brotherhood. Men need a code of conduct. Men need uh, room to advance. Men need their own territory. Men need to be legacy conscious, which I think if they start there, I think all the other ones would fall into place if they're legacy conscious. But they need to publicly be in their masculine frame and privately refueled, renewed, and nurtured to health and strength by their tribe. Men need a well-balanced tribe of healthy, feminine, and masculine energy of nurturers and contributors. Men need to form useful and productive alliances with powerful people. So you've already talked a little bit about the alliance. Uh, you've talked about nurturing. Um, first of all, is this an abridged list, or do you feel like this is the comprehensive, like this is where you can hang everything? Do you feel like this is an exhaustive list? I, I, I do believe it's something you can hang it everywhere. It's like okay. uh, everything you need in this life comes off that list somewhere. Okay. So can we backpedal and start to unpack some of these? Yes. Okay. Men need money. Now, um, somebody could argue that everybody needs money. So, uh, right. I mean, so, so, uh, what do you mean when you say men need money? I mean, obviously men need money. I get that, but unpack that a little bit further for us. Why is it so important for you to call out that men need money? Because men are providers. Men are providers. Men are providers of their tribe. They're providers. They build. Um, so the way a man feels when he doesn't have money, it's a difference between the way a woman will feel when she doesn't have as much money. Man, that's real. That's so real. Yeah. Not saying that it won't feel bad to a woman, but I'm saying it's a different feeling. Yeah, maybe yeah. they both equally feel bad about the fact that they don't have money, but it's a different type of feeling and it penetrates them on a different level. Yeah, yeah. You know, a, a broke woman can still, <laughs> you know, experience uh, certain um, emotions and, mm -hmm. and maintain certain relationships, even in the state of her brokenness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It impacts a broken man differently. In fact, a man is more likely to be violent when he is broke. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, that, and that's not because oh, of toxic masculinity or socialization and, you know, he needs to talk it out. No, 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 no. He needs money. He yeah. needs money. And if because he's not he's being productive, nature, uh -huh. I was going to say, if he's not, if he doesn't have the means to be pre productive, then he's going to be destructive by default, you know? Right. Um, and I feel like the essence of manhood is uh, duty and contribution. And if I feel like, dang, I, I cannot contribute. I mean, that, I don't know if there's a, there's a worse feeling than that as a man. It's not, it's not. A woman can still be an excellent mother while she's broke. She can still be an exceptional uh, wife while she's broke or an exceptional mm -hmm. friend and sister mm -hmm. uh, while she's broke. Mm -hmm. I mean, she can pretty, nav pretty much navigate through society and still be broke and not, it not affect her in the same way that it would affect a man when he's broke. Okay, let me, let me, uh, there's this meme that's been circulating and it comes to my mind. This wasn't something I intended to talk about, but it just came to my mind. Uh, and I'm loosely paraphrasing because I don't remember it in its entirety, but, uh, somewhere, and you may have seen this, they said, um, a man, everyone or everything is, un receives unconditional love ex except the man. Like a man has to be providing or have income or something to that effect for them to receive right. love. Like everybody else receives unconditional love except the man that's not 
providing. Did you have you seen something like that circulating? Yes, I've seen. Okay, that. What, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I, I don't know if most masculine men require unconditional love. What men really desire is respect and to be honored. Yeah, uh, more than unconditional love because you can love a man while he's while he's uh, uh, in a compromising position, but he don't hit the same way of he respecting a man. Yeah, while he's in a it hits different. That's so real. That respect will will galvanize him to productivity. Yeah. Right. You you loving him respect over your love. You you loving him unconditionally could have an unintended. It could have an unintended adverse effect. Like it could um remove the sense of urgency to get it together. Right. Right. That's true. Yeah. That's very true. Yeah. But that respect. Because it kind of communicates an expectation, like, "Hey, I'm expecting you to hold it down," and I think he will rise. Nobody low, rises to low expectations. So, if uh, a woman is setting that expectation, like, "Hey, you lead us," he he gonna find a right. way, you know. Right, right. We have to create that space where he's like, yeah. "Yo, I got I got my tribe to think about, um, mm-hmm. so I got to handle this. I need to go in this marketplace and make some things happen." Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm the man at home. They're expecting me to be the man. They're, you know, they respect me. And I, I don't, I want to live up to that respect and that bar that is set for me in my household. Men need opportunities. What if someone says, well, yeah, they need opportunities, but they should be the creators of their opportunities. Should they mm-hmm. feel entitled to opportunities? I mean, what, uh, where do these opportunities great question. come from? That's a great question. It could be either or. Um, you know, opportunities can come from a business, uh, hiring 3,000 new construction workers. Uh, it also can come in a form of entrepreneurship, um, and within the system. But you have to be very careful with, you know, men creating opportunities because when we talk about good and evil, it's very subjective depending on where you're at on the chessboard. Sure. So what's, what's good for one group might be evil to another group. So yeah, he can create, he can go out and create his opportunities by any means necessary. But that might mean it's going to be taken from another tribe and it's going to be bad for them, but good for his tribe. Yeah. Um, and we have a lot of historical uh, references that we can, you know, even even the origins of this country yeah. uh, speak to that. Yeah. Somebody went out and created their opportunity. Yeah. But uh, it took opportunity away from, from another tribe and that's just the way, you know, the world is or whatever. So yeah, I do believe men need opportunity, um, especially okay. if you want to reduce the, the crime rate in a certain area, um, if you want to increase the, the, the morale and the happiness and the contentment of, of men in a certain area, the more opportunities they have, the crime rate is reduced. Um, the, the abandonment is reduced of their families. Mm. If they have money and opportunities. Men need to be value focused. Now, um, what I wrote in my notes, so I agree, but I'd like for you to clarify as opposed to what focus value focus as opposed to what, what other focus would there be? Um, as opposed to just not having, uh, any particular destination or advancement, um, that, that one is seeking. Um, it, that means value focus is like a way of thinking. It's a way of being. You can tell when a man is value focused and when a man is not value focused just by how they talk to other men. Mm-hmm. Um, 
some men, when they meet people, they literally have no agenda. They're just, hey, how you doing? Yeah, and it, random conversations, they ask yeah. questions that don't, that don't serve him or the other person. They're just sort of lollygagging. Did you did yeah. you catch that that commercial yet? You know, they're kind of goofy, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. But when a man is value focused, there is a focal point in yeah. the conversation. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. So you, you work over there, right? Okay. So uh, do y'all sell, how much, how, you know, do y'all sell this over there? Oh, really? Okay, yeah. we need this over here. I'm thinking, what, what, can y'all give a discount if we order at this rate? Right. Oh, okay, good, good. Well, okay. Right. Oh, you're going to give me the employee discount on that one. I appreciate that, brother. I tell you right. what, let me talk to my people. You know, they're, they're working right. on a deal. Right. So they go in and they're sizing people up to figure out where's the synergy, where's the deal at. Yeah. Am I going to get more resources from talking to this brother? Am I going to get more security for my family? Yeah. Uh, when I'm not at home, you know, do I, can I depend on this brother to make sure that if I need him, he can go check on my family and make sure they're yep. good or whatever yep. the case may be. Am I got, you know what I'm saying? Value yep. focus. We can laugh, we can joke, but the, the premise of our connection is on some business stuff. What up? Um, first. Not what second, up? but first. Yeah. Yeah, I remember um, just to attest to that for listeners, um, behind the scenes, I had sent you something and you, you know, you were, you were like, you know, thank you for that and let me know if I can ever be of any professional benefit or something to that effect. Like it wasn't like, Hey, I got you. Or, yeah. Professional value. And I was like, yep, I take note of that. Need healthy masculine counsel and brotherhood. Is that something that you're seeing a lot of, or is that, um, is that what men need to be challenged more? I don't know if, if I see a lot of it, um, and other people's groups or mm -hmm. tribes or whatever. Mm -hmm. But ideally, because here it is, because, you know, in our culture, well, in, in, in much of black culture, mm -hmm. many of us are, especially in this alpha tribalism movement, many of us are the first kings in our bloodline mm -hmm. in a very long time. Mm -hmm. We're taking a radical approach, different approach to life, to yeah. business, to money, to power than our father and grandfather and great grandfather took. Yeah. So it's sort of a lonely ride. But here's yeah. the thing. Once you establish that territory and you grow that tribe and that culture, your sons are going to have uncles um, and cousins. Yeah. And they're all going to share the same tribal constitution and principle. And that's where the, that healthy masculine council comes from. Ideally, your healthy masculine council, are, you know, it's men who share your culture and your code of conduct. So you look in the Jewish community, you will see healthy masculine council. If you look in a lot of different communities and some tribes and even some black families, you'll see that. But ideally, it, it, you know, you have to establish that territory first. Somebody has to establish some territory, some code of conduct, some principles, some businesses, some money needs to be involved to be certain. There's something that there's got to be some treasure there somewhere. So you were already warned at the beginning of the series that I wasn't going to give you all the gems, all the game in just one or two episodes because you can't handle the truth. No, I'm joking. But but, you know, it, we got to take our time with it. Make sure that we can digest and pick up what's being laid down. You dig? But seriously, we're not in a rush. We want to make sure that we're moving at a comfortable pace. So we have one final episode where we get into all the remaining tenets of an alpha tribe, as well as we get to find out what other endeavors uh, Eli Marcus has up his sleeve. So y'all make sure y'all keep checking back so y'all don't miss that episode when it when it goes live. 
As always, I appreciate you tuning in one more again with your guy while you're here. Just a reminder to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Fred Talks is available on every podcast platform. And hey, run me those stars, fam. If you appreciate the show, say so. Log on to Apple iTunes and drop me a line about what you enjoy about the podcast. Leave that five-star review so the podcast becomes easier to find for others who are looking for something just like this. You probably don't think it's much support because it doesn't cost you much, but it absolutely means a lot to me that you would take a moment to do that for me. So thank you in advance. Hey, y'all have a great week. Tune in next week for another dope episode.